0: Welcome to Wobblies and Wizards. I am your host, Loga the Barbarian. And today's episode, we have something more ancient than time itself. Well, not really that ancient, just the 20th century. And believe it or not, that was over 20 years ago. It's about to be 22 years ago. Alternity. In the late 90s, if you're not familiar, TSR put out a game. TSR was owned by Wizards of the Coast, I believe, by that point, and they were putting out a lot of good Advanced Dungeons & Dragons material. They were, they hadn't gone yet to 3rd edition, so we were still using the older style D&D at the time, and they put out something similar to D&D, how Dungeons & Dragons is a generic fantasy setting that had other settings you could play in it. They put out a generic science fiction setting. And I loved it, (laughs) just hands down, it was exciting to me. The system itself was not the same as Dungeons & Dragons. It wasn't just taking D&D and making D&D playable as a science fiction game, like I've seen happen on multiple occasions. There were some similarities. Character stats in the game itself were very similar. It wasn't exactly the same. But you had the strength, the constitution, the dexterity and intelligence, only instead of wisdom and charisma, you had will and personality, so that's not really a big change. Perhaps there's a slight shift in what the focus of those stats were. When it came to the running of the game, this game was very skill-based, unlike Dungeons & Dragons at the time. Now some of the skills, and then there were also feats in the game, skills and feats would be introduced to Dungeons & Dragons by the time you made it to 3rd edition. But the skills and feats were ran very differently. You would have, when it came to gameplay of this role-playing game of Alternity, you would have to do skill checks similar to what you do with D&D, only the exact opposite. And it wasn't a straight succeed or fail type of check, which is something that I find kind of revolutionary in the game. Because up to that point, I had played a lot of games where, okay, did you hit your target? You succeed. Did you hit your target? No, you failed. So there were steps to the dice you would roll. It would be a base control dice of 20-sided die, and you would adjust either by a negative die or a positive die. And it would go from either negative or positive d4, to a d6, to a d8, to a d12, to a d20. And depending on if you would get a bonus to your roll, which would be a negative, or a hindrance to your roll, we'll say an advantage or disadvantage. If you got the disadvantage to the roll, you would add the die to your roll. And you would be trying to roll under a number. Now, the ability scores were not as wide-ranged as the 3 to 18 we see in Dungeons & Dragons. It was not a 3d6 roll. It was a point-by system. You'd have 60 points to distribute amongst your six attributes. So you could just do straight 10s, but you'd probably want to be better in something else. <laughs> something has to be... You'd probably, probably want a character that has something that's their strength and where they shine. And the way it would work is a lot of the skills would be based on the ability score. So let's say you have a 14 of dexterity or a 14 of strength, which is a really good strength in this game. Your score for the actual skills would be very based on those. So you'd have a 14 and then you'd have half of 14, which is 7. And then you'd have half of that, which would probably be rounded down to a 3. It's easy to do with an 8. They have it here as, a, as an example in one of the character sheets. This character I'm looking at is a tech op. They have a strength of 8. They have the skill athletics. Their athletic score is 8-4-2. slash, four slash two. So those are the three numbers you have. And we talked about the steps of the dice on the 20 side of die. And what your goal would be is to roll low enough to roll under one of those steps. If you rolled under the lowest step... You had a great critical success. Something wonderful happened. One was always your crit, essentially. One was a critical hit. It was the best you could get. You got under a two or four, something positive happened. You get under an eight, you kind of you kind of do it. You succeed, but barely. So there's not a this was a success or a fail. There's variations of how well you're doing based on the attributes and the scores that were built into the skills themselves. One thing that I found confusing about the game when it was out that always... I'd have to... If I was running it now, we'd have to keep the book open or else... The, I'm not sure if it was on the Game Master's screen or not. I haven't pulled the Game master screen out in quite a few years to look and investigate it. I'd have to, I'd have to do that to tell you, but was the, the actual damage that you took. You'd have little boxes you'd check off, and they had different types of damage. which was stun damage, wound damage, and mortal damage. And different types of weapons and different types of attacks did different types of damage from stun to wound and mortal. When you'd fill them up, different things would happen. Essentially, you'd be stunned, wounded, you'd have different conditions. So we started introducing the concept of conditions for damage in this game that Dungeons & Dragons really didn't have at the time. One of the things about this damage system is that if you got two types of one kind of damage, it would relate to a certain like point or whatever in another type of damage. And your damage on your stuns, your wounds, and mortals would impact each other and what would happen accordingly. Healing itself wasn't just, I get a night's sleep, I get a D whatever. You'd have to actively use skills, medicine, and make checks on your abilities and use the equipment, medical equipment, to help people heal up. And it wasn't uh, a, just a magic spell that would automatically heal you. I believe the stun damage would heal automatically uh, after a brief rest. Well, I think is pretty much how the system works. That's kind of a, a synopsis of how to play Alternity. The books are beautiful. They came out, let's see, 1998 is the first printing here. I think there, there was actually a pre-release before this book that I'm looking at, though. This is the Player's Handbook. I have the Player's Handbook and the Game Master's Guide. The covers fit together to make a really nice, like, panoramic scene of the stars and planets behind a human facing some sort of alien. The human is... Facing to the right on the player's handbook and the game master's guide has an alien facing to the left and you piece them together and it's just got this beautiful deep earthy colors these browns and oranges that just it's 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 I find it very beautiful nice hard covers they were full covered books while the didn't start yet within the uh the what the they hadn't started yet with having the watermarks behind the text so it was still very readable but still had full color art throughout almost the entire book where there was black and white art it was often done with color in the page so each chapter starts off with a black and white drawing that is that is on top of a sort of a deeper greenish blue that seems to be the alternative color the color scheme seemed to be focused around these blue and orange type style within the player's book What you would get is not just the basic... There's kind of four basic classes that exist, if you want to call them that. These basic careers that you can build up other classes and subclasses under that you could make unique in style based on the skills you chose and how you constructed your character. We talked a little bit ago about... Random characters versus point-by and having a lot of power in what your character's like, this game gave you a lot of power of what your character was going to be like when you were constructing them. Not only did the main book give you the regular character creation stuff, it gave you a few alien races that were specific to some of the settings within Alternity, but that was really the only setting-specific thing that they gave in the core books. But it also gave you rules on creating mutants at the back, psionics at the back, and cybernetic. So, depending on what style of science fiction you are going for, these core books had just about everything to go with it. The different types of psionics and powers, something they call in some of the books effects, you could create everything from Jedi to psionics to you name it. You could even do your age old mutant type post apocalyptic game with this very easily. Now, I think it's one of the great tragedies in gaming, that this game was so short-lived. While they had some good stuff out, and there were some loyal players out there of the game, people who really got into it, people who were buying the stuff up. It was never as popular, I think, as they needed it or wanted it to be. And it came out right before 3rd Edition. And when 3rd Edition hit, a lot of the content and stuff from the alternative game was turned into modern D20 rule sets, and people kind of ran with that. I think that it's a shame that the game didn't last. I really would have liked to have seen a world where Alternity had a lot more settings, a lot more things, and was a larger, perhaps even an open game license system. Now that being said, I do like the system. It's not the all to end all of systems. While it is a good solid system, and once you actually get started in it and figure out what you're doing and how to play it because of how different it is from just running Dungeons & Dragons, it's not a difficult system to play. The checks themselves aren't overly difficult or anything like that. And the DM or the game master can make calls pretty quick and easy and adjust difficulties for what's necessary with the simple step system by adding or subtracting dice. I wish that we lived in a world where Alternity had 10 to 15 years of supplements and settings that had come out and had a wider community of play. Unfortunately, we don't. I will say this, though, about the game. I sold off some of my alternative books early on and was able to pick up a lot of the ones I sold off for really inexpensive prices here and there at used bookstores and game stores. It's not the most sought-after game. Outside of a couple books, most of them you can find either on eBay or somewhere else pretty cheap and the good thing about games is despite it's being published or not if you have the books to play the game you can always play them it's not a piece of software it's not dependent on what computer operating system you're running the operating system is your brain and your friends so I would strongly suggest looking out for some used old alternative books picking them up I've seen a lot of players guides for sale for around $10-12 dollars in person and probably Closer to 20 online at times Which is still cheaper than a core book For most mainstream role playing games these days I would like to get further in depth on Alternity Perhaps I will in the future Specifically on some of the settings And other things that were out for it And maybe even a little deeper into the system Than I got today But I've got to go pick up my child from school So that's about all we have time for today I hope you've enjoyed this. If you have, please give us a positive review wherever you're listening. Give us a like and follow on Facebook. Just go there and search Wobblies and Wizards. We're at wobbliesandwizards.com. You can find me, Logar, on Twitter at Crom. That's Krom, Conan's God. And keep those dice rolling.